The Lollygaggers podcast would like to offer an apology to fan and friend of the show, Willem Dafoe. Wait until the end of the episode and you'll understand why. On this episode, a Superman wannabe goes bad in Brightburn, and affordable urban housing gets people killed in Canada's slasher solstice. The Gentleman's Challenge, Jeff demos DCU's Swamp Thing, while Justin reads House of Muck. Welcome to episode number 55 of the Lovely Geigers podcast, a show about all sorts of different things, from comics to games, movies to TV. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. And I'm your distant host, Justin. How's it going? You say distant, but like you're actually closer to me than what you, you normally are. I'm on location. Yeah, Justin's on so location. So my voice probably sounds terrible. Well, I mean, in your defense, your voice always sounds terrible. So it's just uh, sounds, Okay, well, you know, yeah. we all have our own opinions. Yeah. So I've been watching Riverdale. Uh course season yeah. three yeah um i'm a little torn i'm a little torn there's some interesting storylines going on so like there's honestly the worst storyline uh ever in the history of storylines and then there's like the best storyline in the history of storylines so it's really it's really strange because like there's the storyline with archie where he he's in prison but like it's juvie but it's really prison and they treat it like prison and it's so cringeworthy like and normally i like the cringeworthy stuff on riverdale but this stuff's like really bad and there's like really over the top references to like Shawshank Redemption and all sorts of other things. It's making me kind of uncomfortable. But then there's I'd some... like to say that uh, that Archie won the fight that day. Okay, so, so that's the thing. Like, there's like underground boxing matches and stuff, and he's like a part of it. And then there's like clearly a corrupt uh, uh, what's it called warden, just like the warden from Shawshank. And then there's even a book that's got a rock hammer cut out in it. It's like it's so it's so cringeworthy and terrible. But then there's this other storyline that's pretty fantastic that has everyone playing G and G, which is clearly a Dungeons and Dragons reference. And it's called a uh, Griffins and Gargoyles. And like, it's kind of, it's some sort of weird culty thing where like this Gargoyle King shows up and people die. Uh, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. Cause there's like this whole like D and D craze back in the, in the eighties and whatnot. And where everyone thought it was actually demonology and stuff, but it's, it's, it's really not. Uh, so that one's kind of cool. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I'm only four episodes into a 22 episode season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, uh, what have you been doing this week, uh, during your, uh, your travels? I've been doing a bunch, uh, spend some time on a plane, watch a bunch of crap, but most, uh, recently I did go watch Brightburn, um, which is a, a movie out in the, the theaters. Um, so, uh, Brightburn is directed by David Yurefsky and written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. So I was looking up some of the filmography of Brian and Mark Gunn. So Mark Gunn, uh, my brother would appreciate this, uh, once did writing for an MTV show called Together. Do you remember that show at all? Together? No, I don't. Is it a reality show or something? It was a comedy show that was a satire on boy bands. Um, it actually starred Chris Farley's brother as mm. the fat one. And Aww. So that's like the only thing I saw from some of the filmography of the stuff I've seen them do before. I do believe they also are uh, related to Tim Gunn, uh, but um, it stars Elizabeth Banks and David Denman. So David Denman played, uh, um, he was Roy from The Office, uh, so he's, he kind of looks like me. Um, and Jackson A. Dunn is the, uh, is the boy from the movie. And basically, it is a horror sci-fi film that is pretty much what if Superman went bad. Um, so you have these two people uh, uh, that are married that have some infertility issues. It's kind of shown through like some of the visuals and going through their house. 
And then all of a sudden there is a, um, a meteor in their outside backyard because they live in the country and they go to it and there's a baby inside and they, they basically adopt it and raise it. So it's basically Superman. But as the boy grows um, and gets to be about 12 years old, he starts feeling weird because the, they hid the spaceship in the barn and the spaceship starts doing these weird pulses and the kid starts becoming like entranced in the middle of the night. So through this like puberty stage of his life, he starts acting strangely. And so essentially it is what if Superman went bad? He's got like laser eyes, super strength and super speed and, and um, flight and stuff like that. And it's just him going around the town, just murdering people. It's basically a slasher horror film. Um, I don't want to get too into it because there's a lot of stuff that would kind of spoil the movie, but suffice to say a lot of people die in a lot of interesting and cool ways. Um, it's a very, very bloody movie. Um, and it's kind of, out of my wheelhouse of things to go see, but the reason why I liked it is because of the the context of which it's in, of this like Superman type of thing. Because you know I'm all superhero and all stuff. <clears throat> it's good seeing kind of like these guys that were that are super good be somewhat of, of, of a heel character. That's what I watched. So what did I think of it? So overall, the movie was fine. I don't mind horror much anymore. I've been I've been getting kind of used to it since you've kind of like put my cold my feet to the coals, you know, and made You're me kind welcome. of like. You're welcome. Yeah. I've hardened you. You have you have like calluses and stuff now because of me. It done made me grow up, you know. Uh, but uh, and the special effects in this movie are great. The horror aspects of it lack for certain certain reasons. The gore is pretty pretty good. Um, it's pretty gross in some spots. Um, but like the big problems I have with the movie is like his main motivation doesn't make a ton of sense as to why he just goes about murdering everybody. How he comes about his powers and his ability to learn these powers is pretty quick um, and doesn't have much of a learning curve to it. It's almost like it's it's a perfect thing. Um, and uh, that was just kind of like, meh. Like his motivations are kind of just a little hollow and not as, I wish they would have went maybe another direction with it as to why he kind of acts out and acts the way he does. And um, the biggest thing I didn't like about it is the problem with a lot of horror movies is instead of going with real scare and creepiness and horror, they went with a lot of those jump scare moments, you know, the ha, ding, and lots of music stuff. If this movie had less music, had less sound overall, like just because every time he showed up in his like weird outfit, you see in the previews, like this mask he has with like the red mask, they have like music playing, but there's moments in the film where if they didn't have the music playing or they didn't add certain sound effects, it would be so much creepier and so much better. There's moments where you kind of like it's hidden in rooms. You kind of see them in the corner of your eye, but they play music when you see them. If they didn't do that, that'd be great. You know, kind of like there's that movie, the strangers with Liv Tyler a while back where these people come into their house. Dude, literally one of my least favorite movies of all time because of how much it's, it creeps me out. It's so realistic and creepy. Yeah, because they don't—they make no like effort to like make you realize, hey, you know, look in the back. There's people there because there's people in behind, and they don't really push focus to it. That's the whole point of the movie. Like, there's a lot of stuff like that they could have done, which would have been way better. There's certain moments um, where it's just belligerent, just loud noise in a quiet time, which I just I I can't stand that stuff because it's not scary. That's just startling. Anyone can be quiet and yell at you, you yell at you in the face, and you kind of react to it. Like that's not scary. Like if they just would have honed in on that, I think this would have been a lot better feel for me as a as a, as a scary movie. But because of that kind of shtick that they were doing, 
over and over and over again, it was just a little bit meh. The movie overall is fine. Um, it's a it's a decent sci-fi horror, but in the end, I don't know if it's worth spending money on. I just want to go see it because I've, I've been interested in seeing this for a while. Um, but it was just a little bit disappointing overall. It's getting like a fifty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's about right. Like it's it's watchable and it's fine and it's a competent movie. It's just like I felt I was just missing a little something, just a little bit of extra creepiness to it. Because there was a lot of moments where you could have really cranked up the creep factor, and they didn't. So I just wish they would have done that. But anyway, that's Brightburn. I thought it was it was decent. If you're into horror, watch it. Um, if you're into sci-fi, it's you know it's good to watch. But I'd say wait till it's out of the theaters, and then uh, direct download it or or rent it or something like that. So so yeah. What, what about what about someone who just hates superhero origin story movies? Uh, because well, pretty much any superhero movie because they always have to. Do the it's not a story. deconstruction at yeah. all. Like it's not like a an analysis. It's just kind of like Superman's a dick. Does it just mock it or something? Because I would. I would it's I would not even a satire. It's just. It's just like here's a story that if Superman was a dick, that's pretty much it. Superman like, it's, is there's a nothing, dick, but like this is going for like a real jerk, you know. <laughs> so it's just is that way. Does that work? and like the. The 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 biggest thing is like the motivations aren't really panned out very well. Like it's kind of like, well, I guess it's this, but not really. So, sure. either way, it's not like it's not like a Watchman. You know, it's 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 not like he's making a point. Sure, it's just what if Superman was a dick? Pretty much so. So yeah. Gotcha. Well, speaking of horror, uh, so I've been doing a couple things over the summer. I've been catching up on some comics, which we're going to talk a little bit about in the gentleman's challenge, but we're also, but I've also been like catching up on some, uh, on some Netflix, uh, binging. So the last episode, I talked a bit about the society, which, uh, pretty fun, pretty interesting. Uh, but this time I want to talk about a show called slasher. Have you ever heard of slasher, Justin? I have not. What is it on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. It originally started as a, uh, as a Canadian, uh, television show. Oh, uh, slasher, eh? He's right down the corner. He's a real nice guy. Oh, God. I just... I, I can't do anything with that. Uh, anyway, uh, then it was on Chiller, which is sort of like the, the horror sci-fi channel, sort of, you know? And then... Uh, so now it's on Netflix. I think Netflix uh, did itself... I think I think the only ones who actually did season three, but I could be wrong. Kind of a complicated... Uh, kind of a complicated production uh, history. But anyway, there's three seasons of it, and each season, much like American Horror Story or something like that, uh, it's like an anthology series where every single season it's a completely different show, right? It's a completely different story, completely different setting, uh, reuses a lot of the same actors, uh, but in completely different roles, right? So it's, it's basically that premise. Now, the first season came out, I want to say, in 2016, uh, it's created by Aaron Martin, and that particular season was called The Executioner. Like Every single season has its own little subtitle, and The Executioner, I never really got into that one. I watched the first episode, and it really turned me off. It just was, I don't know, I just didn't think it was very good, and it was very well acted. But then I watched the second season, and the second season was more... Um, was it was more similar to like a like a Friday the Thirteenth, but like what happens if the the bad people from Friday the Thirteenth were like the actual teenagers, and then they committed the murder, and then they get haunted by it many years later, and so that was season two. And as a as a big fan of like all those like Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, stupid movies from the eighties and whatnot, I really got into the second season, and so then third season just dropped uh, about a week and a half ago, so it dropped on May twenty third. Uh, and this one's called Solstice, and this one is set during, as you can probably imagine, uh, the summer solstice period, and it's set in a, and basically the killings happen in a small neighborhood, but primarily in a particular, uh, a particular 
uh, apartment building, which is not the not the greatest. It's a little seedy, but it's really strange because it's it's trying to be depicted in some ways as kind of like this seedy, rundown area. But at the same time, when you go inside the apartments, the apartments are really nice. So I'm like, hmm, it's really not that bad if you think about it. And then there's like a nearby high school, and there's like a nearby like uh, like really fancy like coffee shop and stuff. So I was getting sort of like mixed signals in terms of like, is this supposed to be like a crappy tenement apartment building, or is this supposed to be kind of nice because it's it's a little bit of both. So basically, the premise is. At the very beginning of the first episode, there is a man who is a bit of a um, what's it what's a polite way to put this a whore uh, in the sense that he uh, he sleeps around a lot uh, and he's I don't know he's just very open right he's just open about sexuality and um, he very he likes doing drugs he's very he's he's honest about it all right so he's not like I'm not trying to present uh, present him as like a bad person but um, but he's very um, yeah he, he uses a lot of drugs sleeps with a lot of people lives in this tenement house. And is at some sort of solstice party, and on his way home, he is attacked and brutally murdered by uh, the killer called the Druid. Uh, and now this was a year ago, right? Or I'm, I'm not sure if they presented it as we start in the present and we flash back, or we start in the past and then flash forward. But whatever, it was basically a year ago, and he gets killed. So he's the opening kill. And then a year later, what happens is the killings start up again, and it's on the one year anniversary. And a lot of people are trying to figure out whether or not it has anything to do with the previous the previous year. The Druid is back. Now, the Druid's kind of an interesting-looking character. Got this big old uh, trench coat with a hood. And there's also a um, kind of like a glowing mask in a way. So, like, the almost like a... like they Because like, the Solstice Party was almost like a like a Halloween party in some way where people were kind of dressed up in different, different things, usually like angels or demons or something like that. Uh, but this one had like this glowing black, like it was black, it was glowing blue lines on a black mask. And it's kind of a creepy, cool looking aesthetic um, for the killer itself. Now the killer doesn't have one specific weapon that they use. They use all sorts of different things. Uh, and there's some brutal kills throughout the course of the season. So the the show lasts about, I think it's eight episodes. And during the course of that, pretty much every episode someone dies. In some cases, more than one person dies, but at least one person dies every single time. And there's a lot of flashbacks to previous times some of it's 10 years ago some of it's a year ago some of it's a couple months ago and it's really trying to provide some sort of context for who the people are because the primary characters of the show are the people who live within this this apartment building and there are some really extreme characters so like for instance there's like this crazy right wing uh like super far right alt right type person um who is on like white nationalist websites and stuff like that so there's there's him uh there is uh there is this woman who uh, is a is a blogger or a vlogger, I should say, and so she's like overly obsessed with social media. Uh, so she's a is a fairly interesting character. Uh, then the primary character, however, is you know the primary characters, I should say, are a handful of high school students. So there's like these two high school students who are best friends, um, and the two of them um, they like we follow them for most of it, but then we also get these little side these side paths to like these other people here and there. Um, but we follow the two of them as um, they kind of go to school and they deal with like the, you know, the, the, the legend of the Druid and whether or not the Druid you know, has anything to do with it. Uh, and then the killings start up again and they start up pretty much right away. And the primary show is based around every couple of hours of this day. And so it's not, perfect in real time but essentially every episode's like three hours of time and so you can even see in the titles of each episode it's like 3 p.m to 6 p.m 6 p.m to 9 p.m 9 p.m to midnight etc those types of things and so in that specific span 
at least one person gets killed. So like this whole day is just this massive killing spree uh, where so many people in this apartment building and some of the people that are near to the apartment building or associated with some of the people living in the apartment building are murdered in increasingly brutal fashion. Like it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite kill. Like there was this one pretty amazing kill where a, a dude basically uh, had like steaming hot coffee poured down his throat. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so, I mean, if you're like really into, into, into horror, but like, this isn't the most, this isn't the most intelligent horror in the world, you know, like it's, it's the, there's some themes, you know, about like, you know, being good neighbors and stuff like that. And how all these people in the apartment building just kind of watched this guy die a year ago and never did anything about it. And there's a question of whether they're being punished now for their inaction and their unwillingness to actually try to lend a hand. So I guess that's okay and interesting, but it's really not an incredibly deep message. Then there's this other sort of parallel storyline because a couple months after the death of this man, one of the uh, the kids, uh, their their mother, uh, she killed herself um, because she had posted on social media like a very unforgiving thing about the death of this this original man, and that kind of came back to haunt her. So she was sort of like terrorized online. Uh, and browbeaten um, and cyberbullied to the point where she actually killed herself. So there's some like interesting themes that are kind of going on in here, but ultimately, I, I think a lot of like the the social commentary that's happening is 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 lost in a lot of the somewhat juvenile way in which this stuff is presented. Now, that's not a criticism. That's just what the show is. Like it fully embraces like it's ridiculous. Like it fully embraces these are this is like a ridiculous slasher show with all sorts of different killings. Like it's not trying to pretend to be anything but that. But there is, like, a little bit of depth to it. It's not just killing for the sake of killing. Like, there is story to it. So, anyway, um, this is Slasher. It's season three. I definitely recommend seasons two and three. Uh, I, I, one of these days, I'm probably going to go back and finish season one because I feel like I maybe didn't give it, you know, enough enough of a chance. I gave it one episode and I just bailed. But seasons two and three have been a lot more fun. Um, I would say they're not the type of show that you should go into. Like, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to scare you. I guess they could scare some people. They might scare you, Justin. I'm not sure. Um, but I wasn't really scared. Uh, my wife, she and I watched it together. She wasn't scared. She was grossed out at times, but, uh, with some of the killings, but overall, like, it's not like a super scary show. And especially since you kind of know it's coming, like you can kind of tell like from when the music ramps up at a certain point or when a person just happens to be walking off alone. Gee, I wonder what's going to happen to him. Right. It really plays on a lot of those kind of stereotypes. Um, ultimately I don't think it's the most complex storyline to figure out who actually did it. Like I think, I think I started throwing out a pretty good a pretty good theory in the second episode, and that theory kind of revolt you know re- I refined it over time, but I got it fairly early. But it was still such a fun ride that uh, I I would definitely recommend it. So that's season three of Sol- uh, season three of Slasher, uh, subtitle Solstice. You can get it up on Netflix along with the previous two seasons. So that's what I've been doing the past couple of weeks or so. On that note, uh, I think we're done for the for our little banter for this week, uh, and we're gonna go ahead and do our challenges. And now, it's time for the Gentleman's Challenge. So the Gentleman's Challenge is a segment we do on the Lollygaggers podcast where Justin and I like to give each other a homework assignment. Now, to ensure that we complete said homework assignment, we come back on the next episode and we quiz each other about it. Often these homework assignments involve watching a TV show or a movie, maybe reading a comic or playing a game. Which I also warn you that everything we talk about within the Gentleman's Challenge is spoiler heavy. So if there's something that we're covering today that you don't want to be spoiled about yet, it's best to go experience it for yourself and then come back and listen to the segment at a later date. 
with that warning out of the way, uh, Justin, who's going first? I think I went first last week, so let's have you go first this week. All right. So Justin assigned me Swamp Thing, uh, which is a new television show that is up on the DC streaming platform. Is it DC Universe? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Swamp Thing is created by Mark Verheiden and Gary Doberman. Uh, that's at least the, the TV show is. Uh, you probably know the, the origins of the comic and whatnot. Uh, it is a horror-ish um, TV show. There's definitely some... Uh, it's definitely not for kids. Uh, I would I would certainly throw that out there. There's some horror. There's some weird mutant root stuff and attacks and deaths and whatnot. Uh, but there's only one episode out, uh, I should warn you, because it's on the DC Universe uh, streaming platform, but it just premiered on May 31st, so just a few days before this recording. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be releasing, I believe it's every Friday. Uh, they're going to be releasing a new episode, which is a really uh, antiquated way about releasing your your content, especially for a streaming That's my platform. Problem with DC right now. It's so ridiculous. I'm like, it's so cool. You got your streaming platform. All right, fine. But then you're doing a weekly thing, not because you're filming them. But you're you have them already. You're just like, you're just doling them out. I'd rather like don't do a monthly. Bringing people along to continue yeah. your service. Just so. I don't know. But on the bright side, I do think you can actually get these episodes on things like iTunes and other and other platforms for like a buck ninety nine. Uh, here and there, though iTunes, I think rumor has it, is going away soon. So who knows what's going to happen? All right. So getting back to it. Uh, so the premise of uh, of Swamp Thing. Uh, well, the, the the entire show follows Abby Arcane, which is a terrible name. Uh, but anyway, Abby Arcane. Uh, she returns to her small hometown. Uh, I think it's like it's a Murray. Is that how it's pronounced? It's 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 one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. One of those things that are like Creole or something, and so like it's a real Creole name, right? God, you're just embarrassing. Uh, So anyway, uh, so it's in Louisiana. She is a member of the CDC, uh, and she is currently uh, on location somewhere. I I I can't remember. Maybe somewhere in like Central Africa or something. I think it was. Uh, I'm not sure if like a specific uh, specific country was mentioned, but she gets called back to her hometown. Her and her friend uh, uh, Harland, uh, and they they go back because there's some very serious epidemic happening. Uh, with or confusing like mystery like going down in her swamp area of of Louisiana and there seems to be a potential virus that's going down because there is a little girl who's very sick and by sick we mean like she's coughing up like weird swamp fungus out of her her throat and stuff like that Uh, she got really sick in her class she passed out they brought her to the hospital now she's been sort of kept in some kind of isolation and her doctor by the way is Tuvok from Star Trek Voyager which was really fantastic to see that he's still getting work Uh, so her father was one of three guys who were in the opening scene of the actual television show so in the opening opening scene of the television show there's three guys who in the middle of the night are, are in a boat and they're taking this small little swamp boat out into the middle of nowhere, and they're dropping some stuff into the water for reasons we don't know. And in the process of doing so, they are summarily attacked by the swamp. All right, They're attacked by these crazy creeping vines. They're killed in all sorts of different ways. One of them gets away, and it's this girl's father, and he dies later, uh, spoiler alert, uh, in, the, uh, in, in their home. But I think in being in proximity to him, somehow that got her sick. And they couldn't figure out. The local local doctors couldn't figure out. Hence, Abby Arcane returns. Now, Abby does not want to come home. She's got a history, uh, which I won't reveal entirely. I'll let you have that little surprise. But there's reasons why she doesn't want to be here. Uh, we don't really know a whole lot about her family life. But we do know that she's got some bad history uh, with some of the people uh, 
due to a specific incident. And so you can figure that out. And that's, it's pretty much revealed, or at least the gist of it is revealed in the first episode. I imagine more context will come uh, will come forward later on. And so she comes home, and she's doing a little investigation. Uh, she brought her friend, uh, and he's barely seen except to, to let us know that he's her friend. That's That's basically it. Uh, and so then she goes and starts doing this investigation. She meets like one or two old friends, one of whom's a cop, one of whom's like working at a bar slash is a journalist. And uh, she also uh, runs into Alec Holland, uh, spoiler alert, eventually becomes Swamp Thing, who's played by Andy Bean. And um, man, it's really annoying how often they met, referenced his freaking flip-flops uh, because he wears flip-flops. And that's one of the ways you can tell that he's not a locals because he's got flip-flops on, but whatever. Anyway, she runs into him and because uh, he's a biologist and he's been working for one of the, you know, the rich folk of this small little town to try to, like, figure out what's going on. Like, there is some sort of mutagens that are out there in the swamps somewhere that are could potentially be used for, like, fertilizer or some stuff. And he's seeing, like, this rate of growth. I don't know. It's a bunch of science mumbo jumbo. It's a bunch of, like, techno babble. Uh, but essentially, he's there. He's a biologist. He's got a little cool... Uh, lab somewhere in the swamp it looks pretty awesome you can only access it by a boat he's got a dog dog's pretty cool can't be that bad of a guy right but he wears flip-flops so that's immediately makes me suspicious of him uh so the two of them they start doing the investigation yada 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 gets to the point where you're like oh here we go like they're they're becoming you know friendly your usual generic stuff uh while they are in the hospital uh they're in the morgue looking at and like kind of doing, I, I mean, I, I guess you could say an autopsy, but not really an autopsy. They're just doing some tests with the little girl's father, trying to figure out exactly what happened. And he goes full the thing. Like, it's like somebody was watching John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, and that's exactly what happens where this dead it body. It pretty cool, too. Oh, my God. Cool. Went nuts. And I was just like, what is happening? There's no way Justin's okay with what's happening on the screen right it now. There's just no I way. You, you, I thought it was great. Oh, man. It looked amazing. Uh, so special effects where whoever's uh, whoever's it was on very that, practical too. With, it with did the actual like body. The body did. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the, the the vines and stuff certainly look CGI. But like the body itself, which just starts sprouting all sorts of different vines and ropes and stuff, starts coming at them, and they start and, and it attacks both Abby uh, and Alec. Uh, in in and she gets out, and I don't understand. That whole sequence was pretty terrible, other than the fact that it looked awesome. But, like, logically speaking, she just ran away, and all these people, like, cops and stuff, followed her. But they left him, like, in the morgue to deal with this, like, crazy swamp monster all by himself. And he's, like, the only one down there. Meanwhile, there's, like, cops and security agents that are following her as she's just walking up to go talk to the little girl and make sure the little girl's okay. It made no sense. It was actually really bad. Uh, but, lo and behold, uh, he is able, like a hero, uh, to, to, to figure it out. So... Throughout the course of the episode, they're doing their investigation, and and ultimately he he learns that there's like stuff in the water elsewhere. Like he through through their investigation, he realizes that there's been stuff that's been dumped into various locations throughout the swamp. And so after they they have like this heart to heart, the two of them, uh, and she's waiting around to like send some samples over to her friend um, in the hospital itself. And they're like, because they're back in the swamp lab at this point. Alex, like, I'm just gonna go off and completely by myself into a into a crazy weird swamp where people have died recently i'm gonna go by myself and then some mystery person and i have a i have a suspicion of who it might be uh they uh they shoot him spoiler alert he falls into the swamp becomes swamp thing abby goes looking for him and then uh finds his boat blown to pieces and stuff uh and then as she's backing away here comes swamp thing and he's just like you know 
you know, it's okay. But like, she's too freaked out and she runs away. And that's the end of the first episode. So what did I think of it? Like, I'll totally watch a second episode. Uh, so I guess I, it has that going for it. So I would say that on the plus side, I like the way it looks. It, I definitely think that whoever's running the effects department for this show, uh, f- kudos, man. Uh, like, fantastic job to you and your team because there are some moments that look fantastic. Um, I think the story is, it, it was a little predictable in many respects. I think it was very generic. Uh, I think a lot of the ways in which the characters interacted like were super stereotypical, like her best friend, uh, Holland. We know two things about him. Basically, he's going to do anything for her and two, that he's gay. Like, that's it. Like, he, like, and so it's just a super stereotypical, flat character with no real depth. It is only episode one, but, you know, hopefully that'll, that'll, he'll actually be something more than just sort of a token uh, representation. Uh, and he'll actually have some depth to it because, I don't know, uh, it's, it really, really frustrated me. Um, and then there's this other character um, in the show who is a cop. And I immediately don't trust him because he's in Riverdale and he's a corrupt sheriff on Riverdale. So I think he's just going to be typecast as corrupt sheriff, right? That's his... You're basing all of your, yeah. your TV show knowledge off of Riverdale knowledge? Not all of it, but just this particular guy. Like, he is a corrupt well, honestly, sheriff. You might, you might as well, right? Sure. Yeah. So. But I'm like, like there's a, somebody shot, uh, you know, Alex Boat, and we didn't get to see who it was. And we only saw one other person with a gun. And it was that guy, and he was really tall. And so if he's really tall and cloaked, that means we're not supposed to know who it is. And so I assume it's going to be Matt because it looks like she was friends with Matt. Anyway, that's my prediction, not even like a real thing. Uh, but I would recommend it. It's fun. It's got uh, it's it's better than I thought it was going to be. I thought for sure this is going to be a little bit more low quality. I haven't actually watched any of the DC Universe stuff before, so now that I have my my free week, I might burn through Doom Patrol, or I might not. We'll see. I would suggest Doom Patrol over... Titans. Doom Patrol is just... I'm probably not so going to watch Titans, but I might watch Doom Patrol. Anyway, Swamp Thing, recommend it. Go take a look. Only one episode's out. It usually takes me about two or three episodes before I'm ready to bail or commit to one. Um, if it's really bad, I'll bail after one, kind of like I did uh, when I was mentioning Slasher Season 1. Uh, and then sometimes, very rarely, if I get through two or three episodes, will I bail on it after that. But so far, I'm in. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to Episode 2. I uh, really hate the model. Um, so once my week is up, I will cancel. And uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And that's what you get. So, what do right. you think of it? What do you think? I thought it was really good. Like you said, the produ- the production was fantastic. Um, the way it looks overall was really greatly. You know, the lighting and everything was really great done. The opening sequence when the boat gets taken over by the brambles and stuff, that was just beautiful. It was horrifically beautiful, but it was really cool how they made that look. Then when they come across it later on, you see like the full growth of it. It's just really awesome how they made that stuff look. The 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 brambles and the and the vines and stuff are pretty cool, but then like that moment in the morgue was just super, super cool and interesting. So story is generic, but in the end, it's like horror adjacent and it's it's fun. Yeah, I mean, horror adjacent is a good way to put it. I, I, I'm just I'm sick of superhero stories. Uh, but if you're going to give me give me one, like I'll take this because it's it's different, you know, but very Alan Moore, where it's kind of which he did the biggest run for Swamp Thing, where it's just kind of like a little bit darker, seedier, you know, underbelly of these people in this area so yeah if you haven't read the alan moore thing you gotta read the alan moore thing there's a, there's pretty a, much what this is kind of yeah about. there's a decent cast i mean virginia matson's in it um she plays uh maria sunderland and then um her husband is will Patton, and so like they're, they're like the rich white folk who live he's the bad guy from postman 
he's a lot of things. Uh, we'll we'll pat. <laughs> I can't believe Postman. That's your go-to. Like he's, he's been so many <laughs> other things. Uh, but Virginia Matson for me, I always remember her from Candyman. Speaking of horror, like that's my immediate go-to for Virginia Matson. But she's in a lot of other things like Sideways and stuff like that. So uh, she was in uh, what's it called? Uh, Designated Survivor uh, with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. I think first season or so. Anyway, Swamp Thing, solid, take a look, uh, but hurry the hell up, DC Universe, so I can get to the 21st century and actually uh, release your stuff so we can binge it. It's ridiculous. So, you got questions right, for so me? so here comes the questiones. Okay. First question, what branch does of the CDC does Avery work for? Um, let's see. Something with... Um, something pathology... I don't know, like... Uh, mysterious pathology? I, I don't know. Something like that. I know that's what it close. does. Very close. I don't know Very the close. name. I don't know the name. Okay. Uh, it's the Epidemic Intelligence Service. Okay. She Epidemic mentions that in the hospital. She goes, yes, that is a real thing that exists. Oh, that's right. That really stupid speech that she randomly gave to people who yeah. already knew what their jobs were. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Sure. All right. Second question. What type of plant did they use the mutagen on to test it? Do you remember the type of plant? When the thing almost broke the case, the glass case, when they were when he was showing her what was going on like I remember that scene. What type of plant? Um, I don't know. Swamp moss. I I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you half credit. Uh, it's green Spanish moss. Okay, I got pretty the much moss. is swamp moss. But I'll give you half half credit for that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take it. All right. What's the name of the bar that her friend works at? Who's also the reporter? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, I do actually remember this. Um, oh my gosh, you're killing me. Let me check my notes. Let me check my notes. I made a mistake last week of not checking my notes. I I have it. I just can't. Just everyone, everyone calm down. <laughs> everyone shut up. Everyone, just shut up for a I second. I need to concentrate. Oh my god, I cannot remember. Too many people talking. I can't remember the name of it. I don't remember. I can't find it. It's not in my notes. Hey God, I'm not. I'm almost scrolling. Scrolling. Nope. That's not it. Doesn't appear I have it in my notes. Uh, so I'm going to say. Unfortunate. I'm going to say the name of the bar is Applebee's. Oh my God. That's the exact <laughs> name. Oh my. That's right. I, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got a point. I got a point. Right. Applebee's are now uh, setting up on swamps so people can just take their, their boats up to it. Uh, no, it's Delroy's. I knew it started Delroy. with a D. Yeah, I knew it started with a D. I couldn't remember. I was like, was there a funny name? Delroy's or? brought to you by Applebee's. That's, that's what it was. I think it was Delroy's franchise location for Applebee's. That's what yeah, I think it was. It's, it's, so I think I deserve, it just says Delroy's Applebee's. It, it certainly looked like an Applebee's, right? Yeah. With all the every Applebee's I go into has some weird voodoo lady in it too. So I don't even go into Applebee's because uh, I hate that place. Unless they want to sponsor us, then I love that place. Two for twenty. Fantastic things. Yeah. Anyways, okay. uh, last question. Why did he adjust his findings, you know, and get like uh, removed from his position, and all that stuff? So, so he adjusted his findings. Yeah. So the two of them have like a little heart to heart, and by them, I mean the guy who eventually becomes Swamp Thing, Alec Holland, with Abby Arcane, the worst name uh, in the show. Uh, and the two of them are having a heart to heart about like their histories and what's going on, and and so she tells him her story, and then his thing because she googles him because she clearly likes him, and he. What he did is he changed the findings of one of his studies, and he kind of and he and he gives a somewhat complex answer, but it boils down to he really was interested in in sort of like the the fame of it all, like being published in the big you know the big the presses and stuff like that. And he knew he was right, and he just didn't really feel like 
you know, trying to justify it. And he's just like, he's not right yet. So he was, he was, he forgot that it was about this, like he got into this business because of discovery and he started getting caught up in the idea of like fame and notoriety. And so that's why he, he, he went and did it. Absolute mundo. So that's my last one. So after all that, out of four questions, you got one and a half, right? You're really justening this up this week. I guess. Well, I mean, in all fairness, um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and redo my quiz really quick so that uh, okay. Okay. Right. that you okay. can't get any questions correct. Okay, all set. All right. I'm ready to go. Perfect. All right. All right, so just <laughs> what, <laughs> what just was... Questions from another comic book. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That's what, no. I'm doing. what was the 14th word on uh, the second cell on page 13 <laughs> of issue two? Uh, okay, anyway, uh, what uh, was your challenge for the week? So my challenge was a, a comic book called House of Muck. It's a little limited series from IDW. It is written by Christopher Sabella and art by Sean McManus. And so this is a uh, very interesting comic, to say the least. And it kind of runs in line with everything else we've been talking about. It's very horror-filled uh, uh, yeah. week. Yeah, very. but this one's a, a, is, I mean, as much psychological horror as, I mean, it, like there are some moments for sure in terms of like, you know, gruesome. It's real messed up. This comic's real messed up. It's more like in your head than it is anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, the story basically takes place around a small little family. It's a. It's mostly based around Dylan and Ollie uh, Sandifer, and they're these little twins of this family of five. Uh, she has a brother named Tyler and a mother and father, and basically, the family's kind of deteriorating. Her and her sister are kind of fading away from each other. They're twins that kind of like share a lot of stuff together, and she kind of feels like they're kind of fading away. Her brother is uh, a closeted homosexual, and he has a hard time dealing with you know his 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 feelings and stuff like that. So he's kind of like alienated from himself and his family. His father, it, it, her father's a, a giant loser because he he runs a blog on the internet and it's been losing a lot of stuff. So he's been losing money for the family. He's not kind of earning for the family anymore, and the mother. Uh, also has kind of lost control of everything that's been going on and, and they fight all the time. So in the process of all this, Ollie and Dylan kind of come up with a, they're both two little girls that kind of come up with a, a little story that the world that we're in is not the real world, that there is an, there's multiple realities and that the reason everything's going poorly in our world is that there's these reality reshapers and men behind it all trying to make our world worse. And that was kind of the story they created. Her father got a hold of this. And instead of being a rational father, he kind of like read into it and thought that these girls might be correct because their life's going to garbage. And he thinks it's, you know, in his mind, I guess he feels it's impossible that it's his own doing. It has to be someone else from the outside affecting everything. So the girls kind of become for this family like soothsayers. But they know that it's not real. They just keep coming up with stories because they're having fun. Um, unfortunately, this leads to a lot of really terrible things. The father and mother kind of like create this doomsday bus where they go around the country and they're trying to find the machine that's kind of orchestrating this entire thing of these reality reshapers. And all this is kind of birthed from the story that these little girls created. Uh, their brother kind of joins the mess too because he just wants to feel a part of something because he's been so alienated from himself and his family because of his emotions he's going through with his closeted homosexuality. Um, the girls kind of play along with it because 
Dylan finds that her and Ollie are getting closer by doing so, and they're having a lot of fun doing it, but things start taking a turn for the worse when they start killing people, and they rationalize their killing of people as in their kind of agents and, and, and synthoids that work for the, the reality shapers. So the way they best describe it, it was a, a syndrome. I forget the name of the syndrome. It was, I saw it in a, a Wikipedia so, uh, it's thing. It's the Mandela effect. Well, it's about. the Mandela effect. There's also, there was that, but there was also the one where it's like some type of faux syndrome where insanity kind of spreads through the, the people you are surrounded by and they kind of like all start believing into each other type of thing. There's a certain syndrome for it. I, I read it on a, on a little description of it. But um, the idea is they are together losing their insanity and the girls are starting to buy into their own story and they see these things that aren't real. Like Slenderman, which at first I thought, is this a Slenderman book? I'm like, what, what did Jeff give me? What is this? And then, you know, there's all different types of monsters that they see. Slipperman and all this type of stuff, like, you know, different types of people. They uh, abduct some people that they think have been, have microchips inside of them and they cut them open in, the, in, the, in their shower and their bus and torture them and kill them. And they say it's all rational because what they're doing is, uh, is saving their reality and that they're able to kind of like dole out, you know, revenge against those that are kind of like changing things and they're being hunted by these people. In reality, what's really happening is they're being chased by the cops and they're murdering innocent people. So they're kind of going across the country, murdering hundreds and hundreds of people, flamethrowers, machine guns, all different types of stuff. Well, Dylan, at this time as well, has a fever and she's very sick. And right when the fever breaks... You know what the only cure is? It's, it's more cowbell. It's only, yeah. You need more cowbell? Anyways. Her her favorite her fever breaks, and when her fever breaks, it's almost like her sanity breaks as well, and she comes back to reality, and she realizes, holy crap, my family's lost their mind, and my sister's lost her mind. I gotta try and bring them back. So she goes to Ollie, her sister, and says, "We gotta stop with the stories. This is making it worse. We gotta at least somehow stop this so we can just leave lead a normal life afterwards." Ollie agrees. They take their little book and they burn it. When she goes back to see her one last time, Ollie is now shaved her head and given everybody masks and she's kind of bought in 100%. So it turns out like Dylan's the only one that's not gone cuckoo bananas in this whole thing because the the sickness kind of broke her from her, her sanity. So the rest of the book is her trying to find a way to try and convince her family that this isn't right and that they need to be separated and they need to kind of like fix the problem. She tries to run away. They catch her. They think that she's being manipulated by the reality shapers it all culminates to one thing where they all get in a bus, they're by the Grand Canyon, they're super hallucinating, and they set up like C4 inside the bus so that when it hits people, it's just going to explode. And then as the bus is traveling down towards the cops and stuff, the girls go into a trap door in the bus, which I still don't understand what it was. Because um, they then like reappear in their neighborhood. So it leaves a question in the reader's mind is maybe, just maybe, they were right, and that there is different reality shapers out there. But what happens is the girls get kind of split up in foster care. They assume the parents are dead. Uh, Ollie's still cuckoo bananas, and she uh, she exclaims that her parents are still alive. And Dylan's like, "I'll miss you forever." She kind of grows to be an older woman to be about you know it's like twenty four years later or something. She's like thirty four years old, and she lives a normal life. Tries to bury the idea that of all the horrible things she did as a kid, and then 
one day her sister shows up the door and then like we have a lot to, we have to talk about when her sister opens up the door she's got crazy eyes and behind her you see all the demons so it kind of puts a thought in your head of maybe just maybe it was real or maybe the insanity is just a contagious thing in this family and that when the sister comes up and she greets her that she's kind of reinfecting her with ins- this insanity that she was with because she's lonely and doesn't do much she's just a a plain Jane woman now doesn't, you know, just kind of contributes to society barely. And, you know, her sister shows up and now the craziness is back and things are exciting again. So the book was pretty good. The art's great. The, um, the, the demons of the creator are very interesting. The story's messed up. It's a good story, but it's a messed up little story of like these little girls just chopping people up and setting people on fire. It's really messed up, but, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's a nice beginning, middle and end, um, through the eyes of a little kid. And, uh, I enjoyed it. So that's what it was as a house of muck on IDW. So, yeah. Glad you liked it. Uh, clearly I have better taste in comics than you, even in my, my short, uh, probably my less uh, exhaustive career. You want to do this? You want to, you want to throw down comic wise? We can throw down comic wise. I just, I don't know. I mean, like the things that you've had me read and that you've mentioned, I just be like, Oh God, you know, there's like a couple that sound okay. But then like there's one just like, ah, that's, 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 that's not terrible. Anywho, yeah, I thought it was really good too. Uh, I, I I've been I've been on the lookout for like limited series. I'm trying not to get caught up in more uh, ongoing series since I already have three uh, that I'm doing and I don't want to do any more. Um, so I'm really just looking for for things that have that have concluded either either because they were just a short run or because uh, like the the ongoing series ended. Uh, but this one caught my eye. Like I have a list and uh, I'm looking for. Like you know me, I'm like I don't I don't really like the superhero stuff. I'm looking for more complicated, more interesting stories uh, that sort of blend supernaturalism of some kind with like reality. And this definitely fell yeah. uh, fell there. Um, like what you what you mean in terms like what you're saying in terms of like is this fact? Is this fiction? Like what's actually going on? All that kind of stuff is totally true. It's like like I, I mean I I think I mean ultimately the rational mind obviously is just like no these these this is just a crazy family like this family's insane uh, and they were doing insane things and and this is these are two kids that almost got out of it but by the end you realize that they that they probably didn't uh, I think is the term you were looking for is it a folie a deux is that I'm not sure if I'm I think sure. that's what it was yeah yeah that's that's specifically with two people so I think that's referencing like the the, the two girls uh, but yeah 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 uh, otherwise it's like this kind of like mass hysteria or mass paranoia that starts to to, to fall. I felt really bad for for Tyler like the older brother man I felt bad for that guy uh, for everything that went down. So it's a really good it's a really good read. It's five issues. It doesn't take very long to read. You can probably read it in like an hour or two um, if you're if you're a halfway decent reader. Um, and there's some but there's some uh, some pretty awesome art from time to time that have these. Uh, I mean, like all the art's great, but like what I mean specifically is there's these cells where we're seeing what they see, right? We're seeing like their psychotic break. Uh, yeah, it's usually, pretty cool splashes. Yeah, and so the splash like, and it has like this usually like a red filter going on. Like the slipper men often show up as like people like men suits with like you know red bodies red heads red hands but then there's all sorts of these really crazy like uh collages of all sorts of different conspiracies and things that are happening and like there's people there's a there's one a wonderful moment towards the end where um like the two girls are looking out like the same window but one of them sees like what's really there which is just empty road and one of them sees you know like the craziness following them uh i think all of that is kind of really wonderfully done um I do feel like the beginning. Okay, so there's. I, I have two two quibbles um, with this with this uh, 
with this comic. One of them is I felt like it was trying too hard in the very beginning to justify uh, or explain how they've gotten to where they've gotten. And I really feel like sometimes I just I just want to be like, listen, just tell me the state. You know, just tell me just tell me what the parameters are of the story and just go. Like you don't need to justify it for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like you won't believe how I got exactly. Here. And like, I felt like there was like this overemphasis on trying to justify and explain it. Like, oh, people are totally not going to believe this. I'm like, no, if you tell me to believe it right off the bat, and that's where we're starting. That's where the story is. I'm believing it. So, I th- like there was. To me, like the way that the story was presented in the very beginning, uh, I think because it, it was so conscious about trying to make sure that like things were logically justified for how the family got to where they got, I actually started to second guess. Like, and if you if they hadn't if they presented it in a more confident way, I probably wouldn't have started to second guess. So I kind of had that. Um, I do think that the storytelling technique sometimes it was very montagey. Uh, there weren't like like there was a lot of moments where. Because the story is essentially being told at great distance, um, where uh, it's Dylan's like telling at a great distance, like when she's an adult, kind of looking back, and so you get these these moments, kind of uh, where it's just a lot of like telling as opposed to like these scenes that are happening. And so I felt like there might have been a little bit too much of that, and I would have I, I wanted to kind of live in some of the scenes a little bit more uh, as opposed to constantly have like the voiceover, which is like the equivalent of what those uh, like rectangular dialogue boxes were. Um, and so that was like another small quibble, but like I really like the story. I just thought that those two things. Uh, were small things that I would complain about. But otherwise, I, I highly recommend it. House of Muck, really good piece. So, all right. You ready uh, for your quiz? You got it, dude. Okay, question number one. You're not going to get any of these right, by the way. All uh, right, good. What was in the House of Mystery? And please be as specific as possible. Uh, Wasn't it a... Uh, it was like a fortune-telling robot with a big old twirly mustache and a top. Uh, that is incorrect. Uh, that is incorrect. That was not in there, uh, so there it was. It was a it was a tilted broom. There's a, there's a tilted broom. Oh, I was thinking of the thing that was on the brochure. Yeah, no, the, no, 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 no. Big Sorry, machine was. Yeah, no, there. I'm talking about the, the very beginning when they were in the Oregon uh, vortex. Okay, yeah, yeah. I also would have accepted a carousel of horses. Yeah, uh, that of eventually and... turned to breathing fire, but it was really just a. Just yeah, a I just had the places mixed up. Yeah, me, you're good. That's fine. Okay, question number two. What was the name of the father's blog? The father had a blog. No. He's a teacher, sort of, kind of, and then also he had a blog, and apparently he was making money from that, which, uh, you know, bullshit, but whatever. Uh, do you remember do you remember what it was called? It was like Strange Things of the World, yeah. something like that. Is that your final answer? I guess so. Remember when I said that you weren't going to get any of these right? <laughs> I was correct. Uh, the question was, what was the name of the father's blog? And the answer is Dad to the Bone. Dad to the My Bone. God. Okay. The mother uh, compiled a family newsletter. What was the name of the newsletter? Mom to the Bone. Oh my God, you got one wrong again. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit of a twist there. I like that. The uh, Shyamalan me real good. <laughs> the name of the newsletter was the Sandifarian. The, the I don't remember any of these things. Yeah, the yeah, Sandifarian. Uh, okay, so here we go. Little 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 setup for this question number four. Uh, you're hitchhiking, okay? You're hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. A school bus pulls alongside you and offers to give you a ride. Yeah. You go inside, and you notice that the school bus is refurbished to the point where there are couches and there's space inside the school bus that doesn't seem consistent with the size of the exterior of the school bus. There's it's also, a TARDIS. Yeah, yeah. There's also a family. Uh, there are twins, and they offer you a soda. What do you do? Drink the hell out of that soda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's that's incorrect. Uh, 
That, that's Wait. that's an incorrect answer. Oh, hold on, hold on. You here's g- a question. Yeah, mm-hmm. what type of soda are we talking about? Uh, just you know, some sort of Browns, you know, cola like a like a Coke or a Pepsi, something like that. I'm more of a Fanta guy. Oh no. Um, uh-huh. I'll ask them for water then. I'll drink some water. That you, you ask for water? Wow. Yeah, you yeah, definitely don't want water. water. That's that's crazy. You don't. Uh. Okay. All right. It's really, it's a it's a really simple simple answer. You just get back off the bus like that. That's <laughs> this it. This weird Tardis bus it. and soda. Is mm-hmm. it? It's interesting because, like, the note I have to myself is uh, the correct answer is the opposite of whatever Justin says. That, it's so weird how that's no, 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 no. no. The correct answer. So there's a part in the in the okay. So what I'm referencing in the comic, there is this part where they where they get a hitchhiker and the hitchhiker comes on board and he's like, "Oh man, this is great." I'm like, no, no. When you're looking around and you see a school bus and you see this family refurbish this school bus, you know you're dealing with crazies. Like you don't even have to get to the part where they're cutting you open or something like that, or they're torturing you inside their apparent shower that they apparently have now in a school bus. No, no, no. no. They refurbished a school bus to the point where it's luxurious. You should know that is not a good family to hang out with. And so you should you should be like, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to get off. I'm just, um, never mind. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Final question. Final, final chance. Okay, here we go. So I mentioned the luxurious school bus already. Like, it's, it's ridiculous, which clearly would have taken a significant amount of work. The... Uh, the other thing is that they have a very impressive arsenal of weaponry. Very impressive. Um, yes. So what I would like to know, um, the the father was a school teacher. You, yourself, are a school teacher. And the mother, well, first of all, what did she do? And then how did the two of them, how did the family have enough money to collect this arsenal to do this um, amazing retrofit of the school bus how 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 are they funding this how are they funding this so one of the things you don't really hear about in the uh, mainstream media jeffrey all right is that teachers are mostly paid in guns all right um you can kind of set the different types of plans you want me personally i have a lot of sidearms a few uh and i i i decided to do sidearms and uh, tactical knives these are different plans you can get he obviously went with the uh, flamethrower and Gatling gun plan, which is a little bit more. You think it takes a little bit more of your paycheck um, to do it, but it's a solid plan for a good retirement fund uh, later on. So uh, that's how he was able to afford it, Jeffrey. It's interesting when you said you had a bunch of sidearms. I thought I thought you were misspeaking, and you meant to say I have a bunch of side boob. And I was like, Justin, All right. stop being well, <laughs> stop being so hard. Here we go. Again. I didn't think We're it was possible. Insults. I didn't think it was possible for you to get this question right. Uh, and I was right. Uh, you, okay. you, you, you did it <laughs> again. Coming in the left and swack. All right. All the, right. The correct answer was is that um, she was a CPA. Uh, certified personal accountant. So clearly, they 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 they've been saving money, and they, they probably have like a CD uh, and some some other oh, money very market accounts. People, I see. I mean, at some point they were, and I feel like they're, they're, di- they're diversified. They probably have a, a fairly diverse uh, a diverse portfolio uh, that uh, has some good gains. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they invested in Apple in like the early nineties, and so even, because of that, it was really scary. I think it's like the early eighties. You want to invest in Apple, right? That's when you wanted to go. Uh, okay, so let me just do some quick math. Zero. Now I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one point uh, for your final uh, for creativity. Yeah, because I thought I thought it was like <laughs> paying teachers in guns. That's a 
That's pretty yeah. clever. That sounds like something that actually might clever happen. Clever or true. It might happen in America at some point. Uh, are we in uh, our real world or is it some sort of reality? I don't know. Uh, so anyway, doing the math, uh, you still uh, uh, scored less than me. Uh, so uh, That's all, right. That's all right. is okay. right in the world. Everything's fine. Okay, good. Okay. So Justin, you ready for new challenges? I guess. Okay. So for you, I would like you, because I know you've been traveling and you're going to be coming home. And so I'm going to give you a movie that uh, that you can get and so that you can watch it like on the plane or something uh, on your way back. Right? Does that make sense? It's really nice of me. I would like Backdoor you to... Time. Oh, my God. This is a family... This isn't a family podcast. Why do we That's think it's South a family Park. podcast? South Park River. <laughs> okay. I would like you to watch the 1984 crime thriller starring Willem Dafoe, who plays okay. Raven Shattuck. And along with his gang of merciless biker friends, kidnaps rock singer Ellen Aim, played by Diane Lane. I would like you to watch Streets of Fire, please. I've actually, I watched a thing recently. I watched Red Letter Media. They're a pretty good uh, uh, YouTube channel. And they did a thing on The Warriors. And they mentioned this movie in it. Yeah. So I was actually curious. It's like a really young Willem Dafoe. And he has a shirt off in the movie and stuff like that. Like, and a really young Diane Lane. It's I it was but it's very much Warriors adjacent in the style where it's just kind of like game. Um, this movie doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, All right. Like, the yeah, but it's it's pretty wonderful. Uh, it's also got Michael Parra in it, which is pretty cool. It's always nice to see him. Uh, I always remember uh, him from Eddie and the Cruisers. Uh, but yeah, Willem Dafoe. Uh, that was like pre uh, Platoon Willem Dafoe because I think Platoon was eighty six. So this is. He was still, I, I think he was, I think he was like, not yet thirty. I don't know. But anyway, Streets How of Fire, Spider Man. Oh, get, whatever. Um, anyway. my challenge for okay. you. Um, it was either going to be a romantic comedy that just came out on Netflix that has the guy from, uh, it's got Ali Wong, and uh, the guy from Fresh Off the Boat or whatever. Um, but I didn't want to watch that, so I refused to watch it. Uh, so instead, I'm going to give you Rim of the World. It's like a a kid yeah i've seen uh, this sci- yeah 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 it's like a, it's like stranger things but as a movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so rim of the world on uh, the netflix yeah excellent okay well that's it for this episode so uh if if things if things sound a little different uh it's because uh we're trying a little different recording setup uh still kind of messing around with things plus justin's uh, on the road so he's not using his normal mic so apologies if this is not the best sounding episode, but honestly, you don't really listen to this episode for the sound, right? I mean, that doesn't really Yeah, it's for the quality it's jokes it's about the... teachers getting the gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So if you like what you're hearing, uh, you want to hop up on the old interwebs to whatever app you might be using to, to access our, our feeds and uh, maybe give us a, a star or a thumbs up or a like or subscribe. Uh, hit us on iTunes, maybe, why it still exists uh, with a little review. Uh, and uh, catch us on Twitter, at LollyGeigerCo and at JDBuys. Uh, if you have any ideas for how we can challenge each other, uh, we'd be happy to listen to them. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So with that note, uh, Justin, uh, I would like you to uh, to please repeat everything I just said using your best Willem Dafoe impression. I'll get you, Spider-Man. <laughs> That's it? That's all you got? You just... That's all I heard. Is that what you said? <laughs> we should work together. I just wanted you to do the social media plugs in a Willem Dafoe voice. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs>